Welcome back to episode 124 of the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. Judy Stevens, producer, reporting in. Today, we're bringing you one of the two special Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcasts. For this week's episode, we're walking back Chloe Bennett and Ming-Na Wen. Join us as we chat to Chloe and Ming-Na. Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, and I am currently at the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. set, and I'm bringing back to the podcast, Chloe Bennett. Hey. Hi. This is really great. For those of you not here, there's a lot of women in my trailer right now. <laughs> and it smells, there's an overwhelming smell of salmon. So I just want everyone listening to get a, it's a real good sense. You're of like experiencing the, the true element yeah. of Chloe's trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were so, puppies, but they, they were, were not. And the salmon is because there was salmon, not like other things. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> welcome back. You know, you know, you know how it is. Well, so okay, season four. Yeah, we've talked to you a bunch in the last four years, mm. and you've gone through many different names, mm-hmm. and now you're sort of kind of working alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, she, Daisy went rogue. I don't know if you guys heard. She also, like, went Avril Lavigne, or I don't know what, it, what I would call it. Um, and uh, I think she kind of took some much-needed time to herself to contemplate kind of the craziness that's gone down the past couple of years. You know, I like to say first she was an orphan, and then she kind of got kind of forced into S.H.I.E.L.D., and then, you know, she found her parents and her mom tried to kill her. Her dad tried to kill, you know, she tried to kill her mom. Her dad did kill her mom and she had a boyfriend Then he turned out to be like a Nazi and then she got another boyfriend and then he had to die to save her from her old Nazi boyfriend. Like, it got complicated, you know? <laughs> so she, um, yeah, we're we're kind of at the point where, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously been a lot and I think her kind of skewed way of um, protecting the people that she cares about is really was kind of dis- distancing herself from them because I think she felt like, oh, this, you know, like they said in the first season, that guy, she, wherever she goes, death follows. And I think she feels that way. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, and it, and there's a version of it where it is, it is selfish and, you know, she wasn't raised with a family. She doesn't understand that when things get tough, you don't run away. And I think that's, I think she has a real moment with May in the season where you go, oh, family means you can go through stuff and you have people to lean on. I think this is her a really big learning, uh, you know, a, a good place for her to learn on how to really be a real family. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I was talking to Ming earlier, and mm-hmm. she was talking about Ghostwriter and mm-hmm. how sort of the character sort of summarizes a lot of, of, of S.H.I.E.L.D., of people dealing with their demons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and how, and maybe their demon, maybe how they deal with them is they're still trying to save people, mm-hmm. even though it may look like they're the villain. Yeah, there's definitely like a theme of like why, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think Ghost Rider in particular held a mirror up to Daisy and it was kind of like, is this who you are? Are you, you know, and there was a couple times when Yo-Yo kind of said, oh, well, that you guys sound like you have a lot in common. And I think Daisy had a real moment of, oh, do I? Because that's not who I am and that's not what I want to be. You know, he's seeking vengeance and I think she's seeking penance. And it's it's really, she's, 
I think it was kind of like a learning experience experience for her to kind of work alongside of Ghost Rider and, and see why people do different things. And um, I think the overwhelming amount of guilt she has is kind of what kept her away from S.H.I.E.L.D. for so long. And what has it like been working with Gabriel Luna? It's totally different. It's, it's crazy because we, you know, for the first like good part of the season... I didn't. I was like, oh my god, going back to school, gonna see all my friends, and I didn't see anybody. You know, I was like, hey guys, how's um, how's Shield? I really did feel like I was on the outs, um, but it was great. I mean, it's it. You know, I, as a fan of of comic books, and it, it's really fun to kind of have a fight sequence, either fighting Ghost Rider or alongside Ghost Rider. We had some awesome stunts that we did at the beginning be, uh, beginning of the season that I was obsessed with, and got to getting to ride on top of the car and. It was, it's been a lot of, it was a lot of like time doing crazy stunts with fire and stuff. And that was a lot of fun. And, and Gabe's obviously incredible as ghostwriter. So it's been a lot of fun. So instead of going back to school, it was like you're at summer camp. Yeah. It was like, I'm at like a crazy stunt summer camp. But then there's also the time, you know, working with things like ghostwriter also really bring you back down because you go, oh, because ghostwriter's head, for those of you listening, does not really look like that. Um, and, um, in reality on set, he's wearing a ski mask literally wrapped with Christmas lights and it's, there's nothing more, there's nothing intimidating about it and having to do real scenes where you are petrified or just, you know, you know, obviously scared for your life or in Daisy's case, kind of ready for her life to, you know, not really scared for her life, but there's definitely, um, it's, it's, it's interesting working with, um, the, the VFX version. Of Ghost Rider. Getting ready for the holidays. Yeah, exactly. Just Christmas cheer. That's I mean, I think about. Ghost Rider is great for the holidays. Yeah. For everyone at home who, you know. Just wrap Christmas lights around your face. Yeah, and go on iTunes and buy the uh, season four yeah, for your friends and family. Four. That's what everyone wants. <laughs> you guys, get festive. <laughs> no, and you, you sort of mentioned your Avril Lavigne stage. Yeah. So your costuming, like, how was that this year different, putting a little bit more goth makeup on? Yeah, I think some, something that Jed uh, Whedon and I kind of talked about, and he was really like, da- the thing about Daisy is she's always changing. It's always about just kind of changing up her looks. And she's a very, I think, fluid and emotional person with her aesthetic. Um, obviously, I think my character has gone through the most aesthetic change throughout the entire series. And every kind of season, it's something significant or something very specific. And, you know, they're like... What a better time to do goth than now. <laughs> so um, a part of it was also in, in my my head, just for so it wasn't just frivolous goth makeup and hair, was that it was her version of kind of, because she, she does at the end of the season, you see she kind of becomes this famous face. And part of it's also kind of her version of going and hiding. Um, but it's, you know, it, 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 there's room to change. My favorite part is actually going to Comic-Cons and seeing... Um, like Daisy season two with the bangs, season one with the long hair, like there's Sky, there's Daisy, there's Gothquake, there's just Quake, there's just, there's, it, there's so many, ver- there's, there's semi-goth Daisy who's back with S.H.I.E.L.D. So there's, there's like a ton of fun things to kind you of. You have a lookbook now. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. You have an option. You can flip through it. Yeah. The other day someone you said, be. you look a lot like that girl from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but she just has much longer hair. And I was like. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Clearly, they were like on season one of Netflix and like had just gotten oh. into it and like hasn't seen the rest. So I think once they realize, yeah, that was pretty funny. Well, I will say that I was uh, recently at uh, Disneyland this past weekend yes. for the half marathon. Yes. And there was someone running as Quake. No way. Shut in up. In the half marathon. No way. Yes. How come they didn't tell me? 
I am mad. That is amazing. Well, I like. I we, love that. I we love were that. looking through the pictures, and and we were like, and and the the run Disney person was like confirming costumes, and I was like, oh my god. Oh my god, <laughs> That's I quick. love that. Yeah, I, there's nothing better than to, you know Halloween just passed, and there's nothing better than you know seeing, uh, just seeing women and 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 kid and little girls of all ethnicities and shapes and sizes dressing up as Quake because that. She's able to resonate with so many different people. Not, I mean, like I literally cried looking at my Instagram, looking at all the girls from all around the world with who, different body types and different ethnicities. In particular, obviously, there was a lot of um, Asian Americans, which I was particularly proud of because when I was a young girl, I never had anyone to look up to in that sense. Um, and I was, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of embarrassed for being Asian because people I didn't, I didn't know anyone that was like me that was not white enough or not Asian enough. So. It's been really um, cool to to kind of represent something bigger for younger Asian American girls and I mean, women. I mean, that's definitely one of the most amazing things about the show is that yeah. there are, are a tremendous amount of leading ladies that mm -hmm. show their strengths in not just their fighting styles, but also their intelligence mm -hmm. and just the way that they handle themselves on screen. Right. I think the most bad, you know, people always say, you know, Daisy's so badass and what's it like getting to play such a badass? And... The most badass quality to me of hers is her empathy and her she she cares so deeply for the people around her and I think that's what her and Colson have in common. And um I, I think that maternal aspect of her that, you know, considering she didn't grow up with a family is um is really I think that's really badass. And so I think what the show is doing is redefining what badass means. Badass doesn't mean a more masculine. In my idea, in my head, it's more feminine. And so I, uh, it, you know, for, my, for Daisy, for this character, and so I like to make sure that we, um, you know, that that's, you know, we keep that. And I think if that goes for Natalia and Elizabeth and Ming, it's so, so proud of the women that I'm surrounded by on this show because not only are we diverse, but, you know, the actresses and the characters are both so unique and the validation, their their characters are so specific and strong and intelligent and it's, you know, it's not like a strong female character. They're just strong characters who happen to be female. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. I can hear Ming laughing now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just one final question for you. Mm -hmm. Can you tease a little, anything upcoming? Um, what have we seen so <laughs> It's now all season four. It all just becomes one. Um, I, uh, we can definitely we'll see Daisy with the team more, and I think, um, uh, it, it you know it gets crazy. It's, it's we're not going to disappoint. We're not yeah. going to disappoint. Um, I'm real. This is where um, I get nervous because I'm going to spill something. But um, <laughs> uh. I think we're going to see the team work through stuff that we've been through in the past year. And I think, um, um, obviously actually everything just becomes peaceful. Um, and it's just really a lot of like the gang just watching Netflix and like, um, you know, eating. We that never see great. them eat. I want an entire episode where every scene someone's eating a meal. That would be a dream of mine. Just <laughs> as Chloe so I can eat, but as Daisy, cause you never see them eat, which would be nice. So fans at home, here clearly you have now uh, an assignment. Go on Twitter. Tweet at everyone. Demand us eating food. I do want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> or just us hanging out. I think that, I think fans do want to see a little bit of like, what do they do normally? Like, what do they do? 
when they're just like, I want to see a whole episode of me trying to clean my Quake outfit. Because you can't, that's not machine washable. <laughs> we have to wash it with a toothbrush. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be talking to Ann Foley later, so I will make sure to ask her yes. that question. Yes, thank you. We do, they do, I think, hand wash it with a toothbrush. I think Radford, who's in charge of my outfit, he gets in there, which I feel so bad because I sweat so much in that. So the fans are like, okay, stop, stop talking. What about your BO? <laughs> well, thank you as always for joining thank us. Thank you. No problem. Make sure you guys tune in to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesdays. Woo. We'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. We're going to take a short pause from the Ladies of S.H.I.E.L.D. to bring you a quick message from our sponsor. Loot Crate has launched its second Marvel Gears and Good Crate. They are serving up some of your favorite minds from the Marvel Universe to outfit your lab, a.k.a. the kitchen, in true heroic fashion. This crate will be filled with some home goods and unique apparel featuring Hulk, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Spider-Man, and the Black Panther, and is over an $80 value for just $39.99. Give your kitchen the Marvel upgrade if you head over to lootcrate.com slash Marvel. Plus, for those first-time customers, use code MARVELPOD for $3 off your purchase. So, swing over to lootcrate.com slash Marvel to get your crate. Now, we return with Ming-Na Wen. Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer. I am currently today at the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. set, and I'm very excited to welcome back to the podcast, Ming-Na Wen. Hello, Judy. Welcome to my trailer. Whoa. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's flowers. There's nice light. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of romantic. Home away from home. I know. I'm sitting on your very comfortable couch. Thank you. Now, your trailer doesn't have a puppy, but I see that there is a puppy bed. Yes, yes. That's uh, that's for my James when uh, whenever Eric and the kids are out of town and I need to bring him to work. Um, but otherwise, yeah, he, he loves, he prefers to be home. Yeah. But he's a mama's boy. Uh, yeah. I love that there's so many dogs here on set. This yeah. is clearly off the purpose. Everyone at home is like, why are you guys talking about dogs? <laughs> I think that's all that matters in life, right? Why wouldn't you want to talk about dogs? I know. Yeah, everybody loves dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So on a more, I guess, serious note, season four, mm -hmm. it looked crazy for you. It is. And uh, just uh, because I'm not sure what I can talk about um, for the, the well, second so, okay, podcast. Okay, so this is going to be yeah. going up in December. So we can oh, sort okay. of like talk a little bit maybe about what's happening yes. in sort of the first, the beginning couple, that not nine yeah. episodes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny that, you know, we're doing a podcast because this year we, we're doing something a little different. We're calling... Three segments um, of our our show, like we have twenty two episodes, and each segment uh, is called a pod, of which uh, I think it's about eight episodes for each pod, and uh, and it's kind of nice because we always have to take a break during the holidays and during other parts of the season, and so it's almost like it gives us an eight episode arc. Um, so right now we're in the first pod. Yeah, and in the first pod. You've had some sort of turbulence happen to you. Well, first of all, you started the season. The team is sort of separated. Mm -hmm. Coulson's no longer agent, no longer the director. You've got a team. I died. You died. <laughs> Clearly, you've back, come back so to now, life. You know exactly. So uh, Coulson and I have that in common now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, she's gonna 
bring the Felinda fans closer together of wanting them because they're just bonding so much. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, obviously, when you first read the script and you were like, this is what's going to happen to Agent May, like, how did you begin to prepare for that? Um, I mean, it wasn't difficult. The only thing is whenever you have to play scenes where you go a little nuts, you know, when she was kind of, uh, when, when um, the ghost uh, touched her and infected her with uh, that particular type of, we call it the virus, um, she, uh, you just want to make sure that those moments are real and they're not kind of overdone, but it needs to be a little bit. And it was fun for me. I loved it. I mean, I didn't have to prepare for it at all. I was, I've been dying to like let May go a little crazy and, you know, and not be so stoic all the time. So that, that was a nice uh, change for me. To go a little crazy on set. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not have to worry about makeup or hair. It was great. <laughs> I get to be all sweaty and do some fight scenes while I'm crazy. It's good. Well, I think that's so interesting. Like, you know, um, we've talked to you guys before. This is now year four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. We've really, like, the fans and everyone has grown with you guys as, as we've learned all these interesting characteristics of each of your characters. And, mm-hmm. you know, every year you come back, you know, what do you hope to bring to the character every year so that it's something new? Uh, you know, I mean, that's all up to our writers, and they're, they've been fantastic coming up with new storylines. You know, it could... It could become redundant and repetitive, you know, on a show where it's just basically about superheroes and and fighting the bad guys. You know, that could be a theme that it gets old after a while. Um, But I think what they've done is they've really focused on the characters and each one's, um, especially for the women, we're having to live still more or less in a man's world, but it's it's challenging to still have a voice. And what's so great about Marvel is that, um, and our writers, is constantly giving the women different voices, whether it's Simmons. You know, she was the, the scientist, but, you know, now she's really come into her own and, and, and having a, a real strong uh, personal opinion about her worth. And uh, and what uh, you know what her role is in in this hierarchy of the color coded um, uh, system that we have now, and and for May, you know, even though she's always constantly focused on taking care of Coulson and her family, um, she's realizing that it's 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 important for her to train her new recruits and allowing. Uh, that to expand and rebuild shield you know that that's a that's a tall order I, mean, I will say that one of the reasons why I love shield so much is the powerful females that mm-hmm. are not just there's not just one or two yeah, yeah with human powers you know I mean, I mean I'm sorry with inhuman human powers, powers yeah. or just you know not having it uh, it it, uh, it doesn't matter you know I mean Daisy has power and um, uh, yo-yo has power but it's uh, it really, really doesn't matter. Um, we all have our strengths. Yeah, and, and the strengths show up in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's great for fans watching at home yeah. who sort of need maybe um, they want to be a scientist or maybe they want to you know, do something, they want to work for the FBI or something like that. They mm-hmm. can look to you guys and be like, oh, look at that. There's, an, there's someone I can, I can possibly be like that. I can, right. I can fight the system. Yeah, yeah. And not be objectified and not, you know, I mean, that you, and and for me, when I go to these cons, that's what's been so rewarding is meeting the fans and, and hearing how 
they've been influenced and and motivated and inspired by these strong female characters that we have on our show. Yeah, and we've we've talked to Anne Foley tons of times about how she wants to dress each one of you guys as you know, not just put you in something to make you something, but she everything is in depth. And, <laughs> and so this year, you sort of have a new costume change. You have a, an update. A, an update. update, yes, yes. Which is weird. It's like kind of going back to the old, but an updated version. You know, we, we have our Shield logo back again. We're we're back out in the open. And uh, and and I like that. You know, it was, it was kind of tough to have to go underground for, some, um, for most of season three. And uh, and even season two, I believe uh, half of season two, um, I, I I like that we have more of a say um, in in the public eye, and uh, I think that's that's a good good change for us. Yeah, and now you have a team mm-hmm. that you sort of have to work with. Yeah. What's... You know, I'm sorry, going back to the clothes. Oh, you know what's interesting with Anne's vision, and. I, I really, really think this is important because she still honors the silhouette and the beauty of the female body without having to expose it in a way where, you know, it, you know it's, it, that's what I appreciate about her. It's sexy, it's powerful without it having to go in the route of being, you know, uh, objectified. And I, I think she, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but, you know, she really does a great job in designing that. Yeah, especially, you know, when you guys are S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, you're, you got to wear tactical gear. You have to wear things that would make sense mm-hmm. in the real world of you going out to, like, a mission. Right, right. And it wouldn't make sense for you to show up in, like, a miniskirt and stilettos. Right, right. And I, and I think that mixes it because it's, you know, you can show that a woman can be sexy without necessarily yeah. those extra attributes. Exactly. Not that, you know, I mean... Not that it hurts, fe- exactly. obviously. the female body is beautiful and it doesn't really... I mean, that silver dress that you wore... Yes, yes. Is still, I mean... It's in this year, apparently. Oh, yeah, well like then. a couple of designers have created versions of it. So, see, Anne's ahead of her well time. Yeah. That's always my favorite, like, going into, the, into her costume shop and looking through everything. I'm always like, there's the dress. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, because we're always joking. How, okay, how, how can we reinvent the black top? What other ways can we <laughs> showcase another black top? Yeah. So that's that's the only challenge that she has for my character is that I'm always in a black top of some sort. Well, that's the New York standard. Black right. Tops exactly. Everywhere. Yes. It's, it's black top <laughs> It's season. all in the details. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously we've talked about all these different little pieces. Can you tease a little bit more to come for uh, the rest of pod one as we roll into the finals? All I can say is that... Um, uh, there's uh, there, there's an incredible uh, new surprise that happens, and I'm very challenged by it. And uh, I I'm I'm loving the direction that our writers are taking us, and I think the audience, uh, you know, our fans are gonna have have a, have a good time with it. Right. Well, I'm I'm really excited. I know the fans are really excited. They're mm-hmm. loving this season. Yeah. It's uh, throwing some punches. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. some shiny, shiny, flamey guys. Well, yeah. I mean, Gabriel Luna just is like did, knocking it out of the park. Uh, he is doing an amazing job. You know, and we have John Hanna as well and, and Jason O'Mara. I mean, a lot of great new additions. And of course, my ER alum, Parminda, is, uh, you know, on, on part of the cast. But 
Yeah, the Ghost Rider storyline has been uh, a, a wonderful new shift and focus for us as well. And, uh, you know, and it, and it just doesn't deal with, like, all these special effects, although Mar Mark Kopak does an amazing job. It's also dealing with just the inner turmoil of, you know, our own demons that we have to constantly fight or constantly try to keep in control. And that's what, uh, I think that's what's so appealing about that storyline, because we all have that. Yeah. Yeah. Except Absolutely. for you, Judy. You're perfect. Oh, why, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'm flipping my hair for everyone at home. Wow. I always love interviewing you because you always compliment me. Aw. Well, you deserve it. Oh, I thank you. Yeah. And what a badass you are. You just ran a half marathon? Yeah. Over at Disneyland? For the Avengers Half Marathon yeah. Weekend. And I'm yeah. a badass mom because I was uber mom. Yeah, you, you, walked, seven, yeah. you walked a marathon. I mar walked a marathon with 16 uh, teenage girls for my daughter's sweet 16th birthday party. So there we go. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you probably had a shinier time than I did. Probably. Yeah. 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 You were a lot sweatier, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> because it was hot. It was hot that day. It's been yeah. very hot here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much as always. Thank you, Judy. Of course. We'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. Make sure you tune in to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on ABC. As always, if you have questions or suggestions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at Marvel with hashtag womanofmarvel. We'll be back next week with more from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is Marvel, your universe. We'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. Yeah.